Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Peckville Assembly of God podcast. We're so glad you're here. Now welcome Pastor Tyler Drost with today's message. How many people came ready to receive something great from God? Come on, how many people came ready to receive something great from God? Every time we come into the house of God, our faith should be set to receive something from God. I said our faith should be set to receive something to God. Our faith should also be set to give something to God. Well, don't worry, we're not taking an offering. That's just what we just did with the praise and worship, amen? Come on, we gave God praise and worship. And last I checked, as you sow seeds of praise and worship, the Bible says God will inhabit the praises of his people. God will inhabit the praises of his people. The harvest of praise and worship is God coming and dwelling amongst his people. Hallelujah. Come on. It's God coming and dwelling amongst his people. We sow seeds of praise and worship. We don't just sing, you know, for something else to do. Believe me, I got enough to do on the clock rather than coming in here and getting to practice together and then singing, you know, and all this other stuff. No, we sing because we believe as we wage war. Amen. I said as we wage war with our praise and our worship that we sow those seeds of praise and worship that the harvest is God comes and inhabits the praises of his people. Somebody say praise God. I heard a preacher say one time, and I'll stand by it. He said, praise is the, the highest form of prayer. Oh, man. Praise is the highest form of prayer. See, because what you do is, if, if you pray biblically, according to Mark eleven twenty four, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you have received and you'll have them. In other words, when I pray, I believe it's done. I'm not feeling any different. It might not look any different. I'm not going by what I see. I'm not going by what I feel. I'm going by what the word says. I believe the minute I said amen, it was already done. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to praise God until I possess my miracle. I'm going to praise God until I hold my miracle in my hand. I'm not going to waver in faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, talking about Abraham, the Bible says he did not waver concerning the promise of God in his life. No, 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 no. He gave praise and glory to God, day by day, his faith grew stronger as he gave praise to God. You understand, Abraham got a promise and waited 25 years before he held that promise in his hands. Oh man, I lost some of you there. Abraham waited 25 years before he held that promise in his hand, but he knew God could not fail. He didn't let his faith waver. He kept believing God and praising God even though he was growing older. Come on. At 75, when God gave him a promise that he's going to be the father of many nations, that looks a little dim. Medical science would still say that's dim. Amen? But at 100 years old, no, he held his child in his arms because our God is faithful. Man, am I preaching in the wrong church? I said our God is faithful. Our God is faithful to do what he says he's going to do. You understand God's never failed one person. Oh, man. He's never failed one person in all of human history. And what makes, I'd say this, what makes you think you're that important he's going to start failing with you? Come on. Let's eat a little humble pie here. God has never failed one person. He's not about to start with you, sir or ma'am. We serve a good God who is faithful. The Bible says in James chapter 1, it says that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Watch this. Who there is no shadow of turning. In other words, he's always faithful. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if you can find something God did in that book, guess what? He'll do it today. 
If you could find something God did in that book, he's still willing to do it today. And what I found out is, as a young man, is that if I would believe God, and I, I just give up the ghost, and just brag on God and the goodness of God and the things, the miracle working power of God, what I found out is God's faithful to show up with the miracle working power. God's faithful to show up with the miracle. You understand? How can I say this? What you preach, he performs. What you preach, God will perform. God dropped that in my spirit many years ago. He says, son, what you preach, I'll perform. So what I found out is if I preach signs and wonders and miracles, it's no wonder there's signs and wonders and miracles. Why? Because I'm only preaching what, who he is. I'm only preaching an attribute of who my God is, who the Holy Spirit is. Who the Holy Spirit is. You understand God's Spirit lives on the inside of you. Jesus said it would be upon you and it would be in you in John chapter 14. There's two works of grace there. You receive the Holy Spirit at salvation, amen? But then there's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, man. Then there's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost and fire. And let me tell you something. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, everything about your life will shift. In fact, I would take it a step further. Jesus forbid his disciples to not do any earthly ministry until they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we wonder why we have problems in America. I'll tell you why. Because we have preachers that aren't filled with the Holy Ghost. We got churches that treat the Holy Ghost like, uh, I'll just say the red-headed stepchild. Come on. And then wonder why there's no move of God. Wonder why, well, we're praying for revival. Why? Because you put him out back somewhere. God's not even in the place. I said, God's not even in the place. What I can't figure out is people nowadays, it's like they want the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am version of God. In other words, I want to go to a church and get me in as quick as I can and out the door as quick as I can. I'll check the God box and move on with my life. And they expect God to show up when they're in trouble. And the truth is, you're expecting God to do something for you when you're in trouble rather than serving God and living a life of victory. You understand, uh, Jesus told the disciples, he said, you don't do anything until you receive this. Nothing. I tell you this, those of you watching on the cameras, because it doesn't really make sense to people that are in this room. If you're checking out a church somewhere, you better find out if the minister's full of the Holy Spirit. Oh, man. You better find out if the minister's full of the Holy Spirit. Because last I checked, Jesus forbid his disciples to do any earthly ministry until they received the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And the truth is, all across America, we have wonderful motivational speakers. Man. We have wonderful motivational speakers. We've boiled it down to pretty much Christianity like a self-help type thing. And the truth is, there's no demonstration of the power of God anymore. And you wonder why the world's not impressed with the church. In fact, we have churches that are trying to be more like the world instead of, you know, the church influencing the world. And I'll tell you why. Because you have not put a precedence on the presence of God. I'll preach it to three of you. You haven't put a presence on the presence of God. You understand when God's presence is a priority, then things in your life will begin to change. When his presence is a priority, then miracles become natural. Oh, man. I said then miracles become natural. You know, I, I, I preached out in a church. Some of you have heard me say this. Preached out in a church a few months ago, and I'm telling you, talk about tough plowing. It was tough plowing. And uh, Yadera, I brought her with me, the girl who led worship tonight, and Luke, uh, one of my kids, uh, playing the piano. 
And I, I preached and preached and preached, and the doubt and unbelief in that place could have choked me. Amen? <laughs> and I preached and preached and preached and preached and preached some more. I about ran that camera out of film a couple of times and then killed the battery. Amen? Because I was trying to prove to the people, look, you don't have to live in doubt and unbelief. The very thing the devil's used to steal from you, which is doubt and unbelief. Which is doubt and unbelief. I'll prove to you we serve a miracle-working God. And then I got real bold and, and grabbed some lady by the hand and yanked her down the front. And I said, what do you believe in God for? And I, I could see the look on everybody's face because they obviously knew her. I didn't. She was totally blind. And I said, well, get ready. God's going to open those eyes in Jesus' name. Well, that's a bold statement to make, amen? It's all right. I was a guest preacher. It didn't happen. I'd leave right after, amen. No, I'm just kidding. She said, well, my muscles or whatever burned off from radiation from cancer. I got this problem and Graves' disease and everything. I said, look, Jesus will take care of all of it in one shot. You think, you know, putting muscles back in your eyes or Graves' disease or something's too hard for God? Last I checked, there's a scripture in there that says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard for me? So I took her by the hand, and I said, when I lay hands on you, get ready, the miracle-working power of God's coming in your body in Jesus' name. And both those eyes are coming wide open in Jesus' name. You understand? You speak the desired end result. Let me help you there. You speak the desired end result. When you're praying, don't throw Hail Mary prayers up there. Nothing against Hail Mary, but you know what I'm saying. You need to speak the desired end result. When Jesus cursed the fig tree in Mark 11, he didn't stand there and wait for the fig tree to die and for it to never bear fruit again. He said nine words to the tree, turned his back, and kept walking. That's what faith does. Faith speaks the desired end result. And what I found is when you speak faith and believe God, the Holy Spirit, it's like amazing, reaches forward, backward. I don't know what he's got to do, but brings uh, what's in the fourth dimension into our dimension and makes it a reality. Amen? I said, amen. And so I laid hands on her. The minute I did, she hollered. Not because I laid hands on her, amen, but because both of her eyes came wide open. And I said, now prove it to the people. What am I wearing? She said, you have a blue suit jacket on. You have a white shirt on. You have a blue tie on with gold paisley things on it. You see, you understand, blind people couldn't tell you what you were wearing and be specific to the colors. Now, when the crowd saw that, let me tell you right now, that broke the doubt and unbelief in the place. I said, that broke the doubt and the unbelief in the place. Because, you know, two minutes before, she confessed with her own mouth, I don't even have the muscles to be able to see again, and everybody in there is waiting to see what this crazy boy was going to do. Amen? Like as if I was worried about that. I'm not worried in the least bit. you understand who our God is? Do you understand who our God is? When you understand who God is and what his spirit is that lives on the inside of you, there's nothing in life that can overtake you. There's nothing in life that God can't do something about. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. This wasn't even my message tonight. It just came to me while I was on the piano. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. The Bible says that. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? When you begin to understand who it is that you serve, folks, he owns everything. You understand? He spoke everything into existence. Oh, I'm about to shake somebody up here. You understand the Bible says the earth was without form and void, and the Spirit of God just hovered over the darkness of the earth, waiting for God to. Waiting for God to. 
You understand? Because when you speak, when you're full of the Spirit of God, when you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire, and you speak, your words travel just like Jesus' words travel in the vehicle of the Holy Spirit. You understand? Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And when you get the Word of God deep down on the inside of you and speak the desired end result, which lines up with God's Word, you're speaking God's will, and then you watch the Holy Spirit perform it. I said, you watch the Holy Spirit perform it. Look, I can lay hands on, on a blind person, and truthfully, I can't heal anybody. You understand? I can't do anything. But God's spirit that lives on the inside of me, blind eyes are nothing to him. Recreating muscles is nothing to him. And so when I laid hands on that lady, it freaked out everybody in the room. Amen? Because they found out I wasn't just one of those preachers that talked about what God could. Well, God 2,000 years ago did this in the Bible. Yeah, guess what? He's still doing it today. What I found out is he not only opened blind eyes then, but he does it today too. What I found out is there's no eye too blind, there's no ear too deaf, there's no person that's too far gone for my God. All I have to do is have faith and believe God's going to do something great because what I found out is if I get filled up on the spirit of almighty God and on the word of God, then I'll see the miracle working power of God in operation. Come on somebody, you believe that, somebody give God some praise. So then, after I prayed for her, I said, now who's ready for a miracle? Now there was all kinds of hands in the air. I said, well, you guys are too late. Amen, we're going home. No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. I didn't say. So we went over and prayed for a boy with hearing aids. They said, he's deaf. Hi, did you not just see the lady with blind eyes get her eyes open? You're worried. Well, he's deaf. Jesus, help. It's a good thing. They had a microphone on a wire. You know what I mean? You know. In here, I can't. I got a wireless microphone. We're in trouble. Amen. Went over and cursed that deaf spirit off that boy. And both those ears come wide. Why do I tell you this? Because I'm trying to lift your faith to understand who your God is. Understand this. If I could help you, get God inside-minded. God inside-minded. You say, what does that mean? God lives in God lives in you. Apostle Paul said, do you not know? You're the temple of the living God. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You understand that? You're literally carrying God's power around on the inside. And you're being harassed by what? What's going to take you under? Oh, I can't do it. This is the last thing. I'm going down for the last time. Come on. How many people talk like that? Let's be honest. Come on. Right? Well, I'm going down for the last time. Read your Bible. That's totally speaking contradictory to what God says you are. God says you could do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God says greater is he is in me than anything that's in this world. God says you're more than a conqueror when you understand who your God is and that he lives on the inside of you. It's amazing what you can do. But the truth is we've got to train the flesh. I said the truth is we've got to train the flesh. But you can't train the flesh unless you're filled up on the Spirit. You can't train the flesh unless you're filled up on the Spirit. You know what the early church had? Somebody said to me one time, man, you must know a lot about this stuff. I said, not really. I just follow the model that's in Acts. Get the power from on high and then demonstrate the power. And everything else just works. Come on, I said everything else. The Apostle Paul said that. He said, I come to you not with elegant words of men's wisdom, but with a demonstration of the power of God. Online, family, I didn't forget about you. You're looking for a church? Let me help you here. 
Go to the pastor and ask him when the last time is he saw blind eyes open, deaf ear open, somebody got out of a wheelchair, and last time he saw a miracle. And if he can't tell you when, I, I'll give you good advice. Run. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to help you. I'm not trying to sound rude. I'm not smashing other churches. What I am telling you is you need to be in a place where God's Spirit's moving. You need to be in a place where God's Spirit's moving. You understand? Put all the other whatever to the side. Is God's tangible presence in that place? Is the Spirit of God welcome there? Or, you know, a lot of churches, they ought to just change the name to Ichabod. Glory of God has departed. That's, cr that's cruel. No, it's the truth. Is God's Spirit welcome? And then another thing, is God's Spirit on display? Because Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, when he commissioned the disciples, he said like this, you'll speak with new tongues. Well, man, he said, you'll speak with new tongues. I think that speaking in tongues things of the devil. Why would the devil edify the church? Read your Bible. Come on. Well, I think tongues has ceased. Your tongue clearly didn't cease. Amen. We wish it would, but it didn't. Praise God. Well, I think, I, yeah, but, yeah, but. That's the problem. Your butt's in the way. Amen? Come on. The truth is, if you would just stick with the Word of God and get filled up on the Spirit of God, come on, people, filled up on the Spirit of God, then victory becomes your daily portion. I said, then victory becomes your daily portion. Somebody said to me this morning, they said, oh, you're sick. I said, no, I'm not. I said, he's trying to get me with sickness. I just run it right out. Come on. Come on. By his stripes, I've been healed. I'm not identifying as sick. Well, your voice sounds kind of weak. Well, I blame the sound guy. Amen. Come on. Praise God. No, come on. Think about it, though. Or I could have caved like most Christians do and tell everybody all day long, yeah, you know, I'm really not feeling well. I'm not that. And spoke right into the negativity. Instead of saying, no, by his stripes, I've already been healed. What do you mean my voice always sounds like this? When you shout as much as I do, your voice will be raspy too. Amen. No, you understand? Look, it all starts right here. And then it comes out of here. And Jesus said, hallelujah. Jesus said, by a man's words, he'd be justified. By a man's words, he'd be condemned. You understand what you're experiencing today is only a direct result of what you spoke in days past? Oh, man. I said, it's a direct result of what you spoke in days past. When you're speaking negativity, that's what you have. When you're speaking sickness, guess what? That thing hangs around a whole lot longer than it should. Come on. Well, I'm not sure about that. Medical science will tell you that. Dr. Cho talked about that in the fourth dimension. Read his book, Where the Neurosurgeons and Neuroscientists, whatever they are, clearly I'm not one, said that literally people in their own bodies, when they start getting the mindset, well, now I'm retired, their body starts to slow down. Let me help you folks if you're thinking about retiring, which reti retirement's a great thing. It's okay to retire from one thing, but just move into something else. Just move into something else. Instead of saying, well, I'm retired. Well, God, I thank you. Now I have extra time to do stuff for you. What do you want me to do, Lord? I'll go to your house and surf. Where would you have me to be, Father? You understand? It's all a mindset, folks. I said it's a mindset. And when you have that type of mentality, that's when you're able, with long life, he'll satisfy me. With long life, he'll satisfy me. You understand, the minute you decide that you're done, it's over. Due to statistics on preachers, you understand preachers, I'm not planning on retiring ever, amen. 
I'm planning on going in the rapture train out of here. Amen? I said amen. I got my ticket punched. How about you? Come on, somebody. 83% of preachers within retirement, watch this, are dead within 24 months of retirement. You know why? They tell God, I'm done. Not this boy. Ask my grandfather. He said to me a couple years ago, we were doing a committed initiative thing. He said, we want to do this thing or whatever. I said, well, you got at least two more years. Amen. I said, because you're making a commitment to do something for God for the next two years. You understand? You can possess what you confess. You can possess what you confess. Why? Because God's spirit lives on the inside. Think about this, folks. I challenge you, tomorrow, when you go to your workplace, how many people are going to a workplace tomorrow? What are the rest of you guys doing? Amen. Get a job. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. When you go to your workplace, just watch how people talk. Just watch how they create negative atmospheres with their words. Good Lord. I, you know, I drive the school bus still. And I have an elementary run and a high school run every morning. I get on the kids, you know, say to kids, uh, you know, good morning. Yeah, I guess. You're six years old. What could possibly be wrong in your life? I mean, good God. You know what I mean? Honestly, folks, right? Where do you think they learned that from? Where do you think they learned that from? My daughter just turned one yesterday. You ought to ask my wife how I speak over that kid. You ought to see how I hold that kid in my arms and pray in the Holy Ghost. I was reading her scripture in the hospital, and the day we brought her home to the hospital. Well, that's foolish. No, it's not. It's wisdom. What's the alternative? Let the world keep raising your kids and wonder why you deal with the same crap you're dealing with? My grandfather's here tonight, near 90 years old. And when he first met my daughter, first thing, I should have brought a picture tonight. It's on my phone somewhere. First thing he did, met my daughter in the Moses Taylor Hospital down here, was got down on his knee, and I said, I want you to bless her. I want you to bless her. Because I know if you bless her, she'll be blessed. Read your Bible, folks. Talked about priests in the Bible, and then it would run down to their kids and their children's children, you understand. The blessing got stronger and increased as it went through the generation. So I wanted my grandfather, first thing to do is lay hands on my daughter at like, you know, three hours old. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. Why? Because I want a spoken blessing over her. I knew if he laid his hands on her, that something would get imparted. You understand, folks, I'm trying to help you here tonight. Something would get imparted by the vehicle, the Holy Spirit, and the spoken word over her life. And I knew right then and there that she was marked. I knew right, right then and there she was marked. Folks, this ain't some sort of weird hocus-pocus thing. Let me tell you something. It's a real deal thing. It's called the power of the Holy Ghost and the power of the spoken word. And when you speak the word, it travels through the vehicle of the Holy Spirit. When I was a kid, we used to call all these places. And people would call me out. You're going to be a minister. You're going to be whatever, you know, all this stuff. And I straight up would say, I don't want to. I'm being straight. I don't want to do that. I ain't a minister. I'm going to build motorcycles, right? I'm going to race dirt bikes. I'm going you know, to fly airplanes. Found out I could do all those things and be a minister. Amen. But people would speak this out. And even though 
I wasn't ready to receive it. It was destiny being spoken over. It was destiny. And even when I wasn't living for God, even when things weren't going where maybe they should have been, things of that nature, it was destiny. Parents, let me help you. You could speak over your child today. No matter how far they are, no matter where they're at or where your relationship, you can speak that thing and call it in to be and call it and get the angels working for you and get God's Holy Spirit anointed on those words and watch how God's Spirit will transform the heart of your child and return the child back home. Come on, somebody. I'm living proof of this thing. Come on, I'm living proof of this thing, parents. You can speak this thing over your child and watch your child grow up to be a mighty man of God, even when things look dark. I I was in a place of business the other day. This lady was telling me, she says, her son, who was a friend of mine, she said, he's so messed up on drugs. And I said, well, just start speaking that you see him sober. See, I lost some of y'all right there. Start speaking the desired end result. Start speaking that you see him on his hands and knees calling out to God for help. Start speaking. You understand, folks, if we would change the way we pray and speak the desired end result and praise God until we receive our breakthrough, then things will shift. I said, then things will shift. I said, here's what you're, you're forgetting, ma'am. Let me help you. I used to hang around with your son. We hung around high school and did things that weren't exactly uh, choir boy material. Amen. But look at what the Lord has done in my life as a result of the prayers of faithful people. I said, now, look at me as a living testimony of what your son can be. I said, he hasn't gone too far. There's nothing too hard for God. I said that in the bank. Everyone's looking at me like I was going to give an altar call or hold them up. They weren't really sure. Amen. But the truth is, it is no more true in the church as it is in the bank or anywhere you go. There's nothing too hard for the God you serve. You have not gone too far. There's nothing you can't do. Let me tell you something that God can't do something about. I said, God can't do something about it. When you get a revelation of who God is. A revelation of who God is. I woke up this morning, 5.30. I felt the presence of God so strong on me as I laid in that bed. And the Holy Spirit just speaking things into me. Because the devil is a liar. I said, the devil's a liar. He'll try to rip up your mind if he can. He tries it on preachers too, believe it or not. I said, he tries it on preachers too, believe it or not. Nonsense. The Holy Spirit just started downloading stuff in the Spirit. Unbelievable stuff. Stuff, Dad, I have to share with you. But just amazing what God was speaking. And then I just felt the goodness of God so strong as I'm laying there in that bed. Thinking, God, you're so good. God, I love you. God, you've done so much for me. And then I find, here's what I find out. As God begins to speak, praise begins to come out. Praise begins to come out of my mouth. Because when you understand, when you get a revelation and God's speaking to you, you can't help but praise him. It don't matter if it's 5 in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, 2, you know, it doesn't make a difference. Because when you start getting overwhelmed by the goodness of God in your life and the faithfulness of God in your life and the faithfulness of generations and the faithfulness of God and just the miracle working power of God and every good aspect of who he is and every good thing he's done for you, you can't help but praise starts coming out of your mouth. And here's what I found. As praise starts coming out of your mouth, his presence starts getting stronger in your life. 
I said his presence starts getting stronger in your life. As you begin to praise and worship God, it's amazing. God steps right up in the place, and you can feel his presence stronger and stronger and stronger. A few months ago, we were in South Florida, and I was sitting in the second row of this place, getting ready to go over to the platform. And, and I'm just praising and worshiping God, and praising and worshiping God. And I tell you, I felt God say one of the strongest things in my spirit that it, it just blew me away. And I'm tell you what it is. He says, I love spending time with you. I love spending time with you. He said, I love being in your presence. I said, I love being in your presence. Let me tell you, the anointing of God got so strong on me right then and there. I'm telling you, I couldn't move from that seat. I began to weep. It wasn't because of sorrow. No, because joy was so strong. Bellowed up on the inside of me, knowing that the creator of the universe loves us. Knowing the creator of the universe wants to be in our presence, wants to spend time with us, wants to invade every aspect of your life. But the thing is, are we uh, cognizant of it? Truthfully, folks, God lives on the inside of us. He lives in us. Do we have that realization every day? I said, do we have that realization? We left off here in Acts 2 couple weeks ago. Verse 11, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues, watch this, the mighty works of God. The mighty works of God. The Holy Spirit, you want to know what he does? He tells of the mighty works of God. He tells of the mighty works of God. Come on, catch this with me. This is right, right when, y'all remember what's happening here? The disciples, they're all in the upper room. The Holy Spirit comes, baptizes them in the Holy Ghost, and there's people in Jerusalem, which is funny. Uh, they're celebrating today all of our Jewish friends, Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. God bless all of our Jewish friends. Amen. They're all there for the, the Feast of Pentecost. And they begin to speak in tongues. And the people are freaked out because they're all speaking in their languages. How many people know that probably freak you out too? And they said, wait a minute, these are Galilean men. These are a bunch of Middle Eastern folk. How are they speaking Italian? Come on. How are they speaking French? How are they speaking Russian? You know, whatever. They all hear in their own language. And wait a minute, we hear them telling in our own tongues of the mighty works of God. I help some of y'all. The Holy Spirit tells of the mighty works of God. The Holy Spirit glorifies God. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. If somebody gives you a thus say the Lord and it has a bunch of negative crap afterward, it's probably not the Lord. I said it's probably not the Lord. It's probably somebody acting like a donkey. We say it like that. In the name of the Lord. Come on. The Holy Spirit edifies you. He edifies you. He builds you up. He encourages you. Come on. He's your advocate. John 14 tells us he's an advocate. He's an intercessor. He's a standby power. He's a comforter. Come on, somebody. All good attributes. I said all good attributes. Some folks treat the Holy Ghost like, you remember that game they used to have back in the day, whack-a-mole? Remember that? These stupid things have popped their head out and you got to whack the thing. 
That's how they treat the Holy Ghost. Thus say the Lord, boom. Thus say the Lord, boom. Thus say... No, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's you being a fool. The Holy Spirit builds people up. The Holy Spirit edifies. And I would say this. When you hear people gossiping and talking negative, it, it's just a clear indicator they have not spent any time with the Holy Ghost. That's for free. But it's true. It's just a clear indicator they have had spent zero time in God's presence that day. And instead, that's just their flesh spewing garbage out of their mouths. Especially when it pertains to ministers, ministries, or churches. That's for free. Don't worry, I'm not angry. I don't think anybody say anything about me, but if they did, say I love you. Amen. No, I'm trying to help you here, folks. When you're speaking trash like that out of your mouth, don't wonder why you're still sick. Don't wonder why you're still dealing with nonsense. What you see on the outside is just a direct reflection of what's going on on the inside. I said, what you see on the outside is just a direct reflection of what's going on on the inside. When somebody's full of peace on the inside, guess what? They have peace on the outside. When somebody's full of anger on the inside, guess what? Look out on the outside. Come on. Somebody's full of joy on the inside, they're joyful on the outside. And it's evident, usually by their face. Amen? Said amen. Come on, three, you smiled. The rest of you, it's usually evident by the smile on your face. Amen? Come on. Because what you have on the inside is a direct uh, mirror, if you could, of what you see on the outside. Let me help you. When you hear gossip on the outside, they got all kinds of junk going on on the inside. All kinds of junk going on on the inside. I'd say this. People who, who commit adultery. It's a premeditated thing. Oh, it just happened. No, it didn't just happen. Oh, man. You know, I don't need to have an ed class here. I think everybody went to high school in this place. Amen. It didn't just happen. What happens on the outside is a direct result of what's going in on the inside. And what you're putting in here and in front of these gets deep down in here and then manifests itself on the outside. I help you. The Bible says... There's no temptation that can overtake you, lest it's common to you. You know why I don't struggle with porn? Because I never got into porn. I, gospel truth, I've never been into porn one day in my life, so I've, I've never struggled with porn. Some people tell me they struggle with porn. I can't identify with that. Thank God I never got into it, amen? But I tell people, all right, let me help you. I'll pray for you. God's going to set you free, but go home. And if you need to throw your computer out or throw your phone out or do whatever you got to do, but get it away from you. Get it away from you. That's like the alcoholic that's like, oh, I'm just going to go to the bar and drink Coca-Cola. Yeah, how does that work? Usually not too good. Usually you make it to step 12 and you're back on step one again on Monday morning. Amen. Come on. Because what is on the outside is just reflection of what's going on on the inside. Amen. Holy Ghost on the inside, fruit of the Holy Spirit on the outside. Holy Spirit on the inside, fruit of the Holy Spirit on the outside. Amen. Tell the mighty works of God. Verse 12. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? Truthfully, we have new folks that come here every, just about every service, if, you know, definitely every Sunday, but just about every service we run here. See, there's some new folks here tonight. 
They see a demonstration of the, the Holy Ghost. And there's people who say, what was that? Come on. Come on. What in the world just happened? What language was that in? Come on. What does this mean? You know what I'd say to you as a believer? What does this mean in your life? What does the Holy Spirit mean in your life? What, what does it mean to you? Come on, folks, truthfully. I'm not talking some corny Christian answer, but honestly, an honest analyzation here. I take it, are you still amazed by the things of God? Are you still amazed by the things of God? Truthfully, one translation says it like this. Some were amazed, some wondered, and others mocked. Let's see the next verse says they mocked. Some were amazed, some wondered, and others mocked. I'd say it's the same thing today. Some people are amazed at things of God. Some things wonder if that was God. Wonder if that was God, and other people mock the things of God. I see other people mock the things of God. And it's dangerous ground to be on when you're mocking the things of God. I said it's dangerous ground to be on. Folks, may we be a people that are still amazed with the mighty works of our God. People that are amazed with how great our God is. I mean, come on, think, think about this. Let me just, you know, Andrew Crouch just sing that song, Take Me Back. Let's just think about this for a second. Some of y'all have been saved for a while. You remember when you first got saved? Come on, you remember? All right, let me, let me make this maybe less spiritual. It'll help some of y'all in here. How many people remember uh, first time you went on a date with your significant other? Come on. You brushed your hair. Some of y'all clearly don't brush your hair. Some of you have no hair. Amen. Right? Brushed your teeth. Come on, guys. You made sure the car was clean. You showed up early knowing you were going to have to wait on her anyway. All the men said, yeah, always wait. Good Lord. My grandfather said, I'll give him the credit. He said to me, he said, those who wait upon the Lord renew their strength. I said, that's right. He said, what do you get for waiting on a woman? I said, I don't know. He said, tired. <laughs> he said it. He's sitting right over there in the middle section. Amen, ladies. There he is. <laughs> Man of wisdom, that's about it. It's true. But think about it. When you first picked her up, you made sure everything was right. Come on. Good man. Made sure everything was right. Why? Because you wanted to impress her. You wanted to impress her. You wanted to make sure she liked your car. Some of y'all probably are weird. You know, found a shirt that was just tight enough. You got your muscles looking right, right? Everything looking good. Yeah, she's pointing at you big time, man. You are in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to look somewhere else. I'm going to lose it. But do you remember first time you fell in love? You were in love, right? Right? Come on, a sweet feeling, tender. There's nothing you wouldn't do for her. Come on, guys. There's nothing you wouldn't do for her. Hell or high water. Why? Because you love her. I said because you love her. Now how about when you got saved? When you found out Jesus loved you? Whew. 
felt the Holy Spirit, the warmth of the Spirit of God. How many people know? You were in love. Come on. You were in love. You know what the thing is with people that are in love with something? There is nothing you could do to convince them otherwise. I mean, there's nothing you could. That person could do no, nothing wrong. Come on. That, it don't matter if they just robbed a bank. You'd find a reason for why they weren't wrong. Your parents are like that with your kids. You need to knock that crap off. Amen. I'm a bus driver, and I, it, your kid's the problem. Amen. Let's just leave that alone. Little Johnny is like, you know, filled with devil. Amen. <laughs> you have no idea. People are nuts. Nuts. Anyway. But you remember, truthfully, you, you love somebody. There's no wrong they can do. In your eyes, watch this. Let me help you. Have you lost your first love? I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Talking about your love and passion for Jesus. Or are you still amazed with the mighty ones? Let me tell you this. There's a whole bunch of ministers and ministries and church and all kinds of stuff. I disagree with you. There is. You won't catch me saying anything about them. You won't. You know why? It's the bride of Christ. You don't understand what it. It's okay. They'll give an account to God someday. You know what our job is to do? Is to love God. And love His church. Love God. Love His church. You understand what this church is? This is His church. This is his church, folks. He's nothing shy of a miracle. I mean, look around. Good Lord. You couldn't do this in your own strength if you tried. He said, you couldn't do this in your own strength if you tried. This church is amazing. It really is. I'm not saying it because it's our church. It's an amazing church. I've been in churches from uh, Canada down to Brazil, all over Europe, Hawaii, Alaska, all over the place. It's amazing what God's doing right here in northeastern Pennsylvania. It's amazing how God's pouring out His Spirit. Folks, it's not a day, it seems like don't go by. They don't have somebody texting me or calling me or stopping by the church just to give their testimony. Just to give their testimony of what God has done for them through this ministry. We're blessed. May we never forget the mighty works of God. May we always be, if I could help you with this, I just really wanted to hone in on these two verses tonight. It may be always be amazed by the mighty works of God. Come on. May we never lose our passion for the things of God. May we never lose our zeal for the things of God. I'll be honest with you. When I was in my prayer time this morning, laying in bed, and the Holy Spirit was speaking stuff to me, one of the things I said is, I said, God, I can't figure out people that receive miracles from you, people that have seen the miracle working power of God, people that have been around the fire, and they're gone. I said, Lord, I don't understand. Help me to understand. I mean, you know, I think as a minister, it's probably a fair prayer. Amen? Not because I, truthfully, I'll just be honest with you. It's not because I care who's here or not here. It's because I care about people's souls. I want to make sure they're staying on fire for Jesus. And I hate to tell you, but checking the God box isn't staying on fire for Jesus. The Lord took me over to 2 Timothy chapter 3, where the Bible says in the last days, Men to be lovers of themselves, lover of pleasure, have a form of godliness, watch this, but deny the power thereof. 
deny the power thereof. I'll go back to my earlier statement. If a minister is not filled with the Holy Ghost and signs, wonders, and miracles aren't on display in a ministry, I would get out of there. I would question myself, where is God in all this? They might be the greatest speaker you ever heard, the greatest singer. They might move you to tears or move you to joy. Guess what? A comedian could do the same thing. Amen. Where is the power of God? Is the power of God present in that place? I thank God is present in this place. Amen. I could brag on testimonies all day long. I'm bragging, I'm bragging on the goodness of God. Amen. I had a guy text me the other night. He said, you came over and prayed for me Sunday. He said, you spoke to me and my wife everything we've been praying for and haven't told anybody about. I said, yeah, I don't know anything. The Holy Ghost knows everything. Amen? Take zero credit for this. Thing. He says, but also, when you laid hands on me, he says, I don't know if you know or not. He says, but I've been getting crippled up lately and I've been walking with a cane. And I said, I did. I said, I prayed the Lord to touch you. He goes, yeah. Well, I woke up the next morning, didn't have one bit of pain in my body. It's like the Lord rewound the clock 50 years. Miracle working power of God. Folks, if you were, weren't in the 11 a.m. service at the altar Sunday morning, like, I feel bad for you. That was a blowout service here. I mean, blowout. People out in the parking lot, they're texting us when we got, we got home. I still feel like there's fire on top of my head running through my whole body. One lady said, she said, I had to have her husband take my uh, temperature because I thought I had a fever. I said, no, that's not a fever. That's called the Holy Ghost. And fire. You can't make this stuff up. You know, I, I dealt with a Muslim man recently. And he said to me, he said, how do I know your God is the real God? I said, well, I can demonstrate it to you. How about yours? He didn't say anything. He says, well, what about in Leviticus? It says you're not supposed to eat this and eat that and whatever. I said, yeah, what about Peter? Rise, kill, and eat. I eat anything I want, brother. Amen? Thank God for that. Somebody said, praise God. I like my steaks medium rare. Come on, somebody. Amen. I said to him, I said, no, sir. I said, I'm not trying to sound rude. I said, I can prove to you my God is the one true God. And he looked at me. He says, oh, yeah? How can you prove it? I said, find the sickest person you know. I'll lay hands on him and God will heal him. Cancer, diabetes, wheelchair, blind, deaf, dumb. It don't make a difference. I said, we'll both pray for him. I felt like I was getting the Old, old Testament there at the prophet, you know, the prophets of Baal. I said, Lord, I'm putting this pressure on you. Yeah, I'm you know, Muslim to Jesus. Amen. I said, I'll let you pray for him first. Sickest person you know. They get healed, I'll agree with you. I lay hands on them and they get healed. You convert. He didn't take me up on it. You know why? Jesus said it like this in John 14, talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit coming after. He said, believe in me. And if you don't believe on me, at least believe on the account of the works I do, that I and the Father are one. Because if you don't, Jesus, in other words, is saying, if you don't believe what I'm saying, you don't believe, you know, what I'm teaching you, what I'm telling you, at least believe on all the miracles. At least believe on the signs, wonders, and miracles everywhere we go. I've been spitting on folks, and eyes are coming open, and ears are coming open, and uh, lame people are walking. Come on. And signs, wonders, and miracles are taking place. And then Jesus says this. He says, uh, when he commissions them, he says, you'll speak with new tongues. He says, you'll lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. 
Why? Because it's a testimony to people. It's up for people to see. When they see a miracle, there's no doubting if your God's real or not. You know, when I went to Bible school, everybody's like fascinated with debating. You know, like, well, I'm going to debate my way into something. Like, okay, if that's what you're into. But truthfully, nobody's converted to anything by debating. You know what it usually does? Ticks both parties off. You don't believe me? Just wait. There's an election next year. Just, just, just what, right? Come on. Just, just wait till the presidential debates are going down. Because you know President Trump and whoever his opponent's going to be. It's going to be, what do the kids say? Lit. It's going to be lit. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Oh, gosh. Am I right? Come on. Why? Because Republicans have strong opinions and Democrats have strong opinions, right? I won't say hey or nay about either because I'll offend half of somebody. Amen. <laughs> but the truth is, debates don't get us in. But I'll tell you what does get us. Demonstration. Demonstration. You want to win people to Jesus, young folks? Start laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. You cannot. How do you explain a miracle? How do you explain that? We were in a restaurant a couple months ago. And the owner of the restaurant, she's not here tonight. She has uh, Formosa over there in Clark Summit. It's one of my favorites. Sherry, uh, she's phenomenal. And uh, God knows I love to eat. And Carolyn and I were going over. I just felt like, I don't do this all the time. Felt like putting on some preaching from Brother Hagin, praying in the Holy Ghost. I didn't know why, I just felt like you should. We got over there as soon as we got there. Sherry says, oh, thank God you're here. I said, I thought the same thing. What do we have? Amen. Surf and turf? Yeah, or, or are we having the stuffed salmon tonight? I'm glad I'm here too. Praise God. She said, thank God you're here. She said, would you pray for one of my customers? I said, your restaurant? I'll pray for anybody anywhere as long as you're blessing. Amen. I went over and prayed for this guy. He was stricken with uh, some things, oxygen tank. And uh, that thing's ter- that's got to be uncomfortable to wear. You know, that thing, they like, go over their ears and up in their nose. Uh, gosh, that looks uncomfortable. It is, yeah. I wouldn't know, and I'm planning to never know. And he had a, a walker, too. And he got this pain in his knees, trouble. I mean, oh, who wants to be sick or, or struck with disease? I mean, honestly. Thank God for doctors. They're fighting the same devils in hell we are. Amen? She said, will you pray for him? She said, because I know if you pray for him, he'll get healed. I said, well, sounds like you have faith for him, even if he doesn't have it. Amen? And I went over. I didn't do the scream and shout and Pentecostal thing. I could have. Amen? But I probably would have cleared the restaurant out. Maybe I should have. Would have got my food quicker. Amen? No. I just went over and said, Jesus, touch Passion, mercy, God, think of that nature. And all of a sudden, I saw him go like this. Straight. Push his walk. His wife says, what are you doing? He says, I feel different. <laughs> his wife says, no, 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 take your wife. He says, no, honey, I don't have pain in my knees. Push the walker forward. Yeah, that's right. We give praise to God. Push the walker forward. Took a step forward. He says, man, I haven't been able to do this in years. He said, who are you? Some sort of healer or something? I said, no, but my God is. I told him, I said, come see us. I love to pray with you. Any way I can help you, encourage you. 
And so that was that. He walked out there at a miracle, and I had a good dinner. Amen? It was a win-win. But that was a setup from God. Watch this, folks. Here's why we need to be led by His Spirit. His Spirit not only tells of the mighty works, His Spirit not only leads us and guides us and directs us. Here's why we need to be led. Because people are counting on you to receive a miracle. There's sick people God needs you to lay hands on them. There's people in your workplace that only you can minister to. You understand, God said, you lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. But what if they don't? That's not up to you. It's up to him. He said, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. What my job is, lay hands on them, and then it's between him and them. Come on. But the truth is, most Christians, how can I say this, don't have the intestinal fortitude nowadays to lay hands on the sick. You ever been somewhere truthfully, and there's a sick person, and honestly, it just grieves you in your spirit? You ever been there? Honestly. Man, it doesn't happen all the time, but we'll go places and there's certain things that like just oh, tear me up inside. You know what I found out? That's God's spirit with the compassion. The Bible says that Jesus had compassion on them and healed them. It's the compassion of God moving me to go over there and lay hands on them. And here's what I found out. If I'm obedient to just go over there and do that, even though it's uncomfortable sometimes in public, even though it's whatever, that God's always faithful to heal them. I said God's always faithful. We were in a bowling alley. I never forget a few years ago. And I had that feeling come over me about somebody that was over there in another lane. They had a cast on them or whatever. I guess it was a, this was one of them, what do you call them, air cast or something? I just felt it come over me. Truthfully, what it does, sometimes you get mad. It's like a holy anger, I guess, you know? Just mad at the devil. Mad about nonsense. And I went over. I said, Hey, uh, I know you don't know me. Can I pray for you? And he said, Yeah. It's amazing. Most people will let you pray for them. Yeah. I said, Most people will let you pray for them. And you realize the world's not that carnal that they're going to turn away prayer. They might bless themselves or grab a beat or do, I, I don't know, whatever. I really don't care what they're grabbing, amen, as long as they're willing to receive a prayer. So I laid hands on them, prayed for them. I said, man, I feel totally different. They took that air cast thing. They're being able to move like they weren't able to. I said, wow, that's, that's weird. I said, no, it's Jesus. He's not weird at all. In fact, I know there's people that represent him and act weird, and it's not Jesus. That's just them being weird, Amen. Take the name of Jesus out of it, and they're still weird. Come on. Can I say it? They're a jackass without Jesus. Come on. They just do it in the name of the Lord and represent them bad. It's true. Folks, let's demonstrate the power of God. Let's be people to demonstrate the power of God. Because here's what, here, here's what I tell you. And I close with this. Our mission here at this church, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of people say, what's that church all about? That's somebody asking me today. I was parked up at the high school. One of the other bus drivers came up. He said, man, I watch you on TV. I said, oh, that's good. He said, you must have a lot of money. I swear to God. I said, what? He goes, man, you got a lot of people watching you on TV. A lot of people go to church. You must have a lot of money. 
I said, why would a lot of people watching me on TV and all people going to church have to do with me having a lot of money? He goes, well, anybody on TV that a lot of people watch have money. Look at this guy. Oh, God, where am I going with this? You know, I said, uh, no, sir, let's just do the math here. Why am I driving this bus, though? I said to him, I said, you must have a lot of money. I says, well, you drive the bus. You think I have a lot of money. You know, I, I like that fun with people. It's okay to poke the bear once in a while. Amen. I said, amen. And then people realize, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this. You know, I enjoy a good laugh. How about you? You know, one of my favorite things to do is listen to Talk Back 16. I'm just being honest with you. Am I telling the truth? I call it Harvard 16. I, I, I'm sorry. People that call there are so foolish. Anybody here yesterday about the pierogi debate? Oh, man, these people were so mad over how you pronounce pierogi and the spelling of pierogi. I could ask my wife about 6 o'clock this morning. She was so ticked. I'm, I'm laughing. I mean, rolling about talkback 16 and pierogi thing. So stupid. So stupid. Folks, this ministry, the missions ministry, is changing our world together. Changing our world together. I like it. I didn't coin it, but I like it. Amen. Give my dad the credit for that. Changing our world together. And you know how blessed I got just this week alone. Can I just... Be open and can't, well, I am anyway, so it is what it is. Can I just commend the people of this church for a minute? Let me tell you why. I was talking to somebody today. I said, you know what our church has done around the globe in the last month? Last month, watch this. I only support 50 missionaries. We do all that. It's phenomenal, right? Watch this. We sowed a seed into Bishop Thomas's ministry. Remember Bishop Thomas that was here? I love Bishop Thomas. They're wonderful. We sowed a seed into his ministry. Most, most, some of y'all might not know him, might do. He has a ministry in Taiwan that's rescuing uh, sex trafficking and uh, ministering to orphans, things of that nature. And they take these kids in, take these battered women in. They feed them, they clothe them, they educate them, and get them back in society. And get them saved, of course. You realize this church sowed $10,000 into helping widows and orphans in Taiwan? I mean, that's phenomenal. Folks, that, that's unreal. I mean, come on, think about this. Talking about changing our world together. Just, just help you here. Here's the goal before me. Then, Brother Ted's here, right? And I love Brother Ted. He, he's one of God's generals. I can tell you more quirky stories about him. Just, he cracks me up. And he don't even be, try to be funny. He just cracked me up. He says, I'm believing God to do this thing in Abaco in Bahamas. Helping the people get rebuilt, but rebuilding Christian television, amen? And helping these folks. You understand what, what you folks did, this church did, for the Bahamas? We sent over $20,000 to the Bahamas. Yeah, come on. Changing our world together. It's the mission here. The mission. Changing our world together. People say, what do you go to that church for? Because we're changing our world together. We're literally changing the world, whether you know it or not. Your financial giving, I, I, I'll tell you this, just for a minute here. Your financial giving, there will literally be people in heaven that will come up to you and thank you for partnering with a ministry like this. My mother right now, they're in Kenya. I mean, some of y'all saw the pictures on Facebook. 
taking care of widows and orphans. It was her 50th birthday. I mean, 29th birthday. Last Wednesday. And you know what she wanted to do for her birthday? Fly to Kenya and take care of widows and orphans. You understand, like, when we fly places, just so everybody understands this clearly, the church doesn't pay for us to fly places. We travel, we do all this. It comes out of our own thing. I mean, truthfully, my 50th birthday, well, I'll be 29 again this year. My 29th birthday, Carolyn, if you're watching, somewhere nice with a beach. Amen. Y'all received that with me? No, I'll tease it. Her 50th birthday, she said, I'm, I'm going to Kenya. Preaching. And work, she works in the med- medical uh, field. <laughs> Taking care of these people medically. Helping these AIDS-infested women. You know, the anointing got so strong on her. She, she, she never bold like in front of a crowd. Not much of a public speaker, she didn't think. But God always knows what you are. She was there last time. I don't know if I shared this or not. She said, son, I laid hands on a lady that was, uh, she hardly had any time to live because she was so stricken with AIDS. She said, I laid hands on a lady, got the testimony. The lady got cleared totally of AIDS. She got healed. This power is available to every believer, you understand. So they're over there. Now she's literally started off this thing called uh, Never Alone. They're literally feeding every day 300 widows and orphans right there. This church has built one church, and then we surprised you all this week, and they're building a second church over there. Installed full-time pastors. They want me to come preach. I don't know why, but they do. Hey, but I told them, I said, you got, I'll come. I will. Keep establishing it, though. Keep building churches and stuff. Give me a whole bunch of places to, to preach, and I'll come there and scream and shout like a white guy you've never seen. Amen. Come on. But here's the thing. 300 widows and orphans. Why? Because of your faithful partner. Folks, 300 widows and orphans every single day are getting fed and getting medical supplies they couldn't get if not been furnished. Every single day. There are people who make comments. Oh, people just care about money. No, no, no. Your money is literally changing people's Tell me about money. You know what that is? That's foolishness. People say stuff. You know, and I just say this. This is for free. You know the biggest thing that's holding back you from your dreams and desires and destiny and everything you want to accomplish in life? Truthfully, one thing, money. Right? Come on. Come on. I hear people say all the time, if I had X amount of dollars, I would do X, Y, Z. Right? Come on. Just call for what it is. You know the biggest thing that hold me back from everything God's called me to do? Finances. Yes. I'm not too proud to say it. I, and they'll come. I have faith and belief. God will take care of He always has and always will. Amen? Every dream, every desire, every destiny, I'm not going to miss one thing. I have faith and believe, and God will take care of it. But it's holding you back. It's holding me back, holding the church back. But thank God we have people that are committed to faithfully tithes and above their tithes and offerings giving. That's literally changing the world. Amen? So thank you for having a compassion for people who can't do it for themselves. Amen? And I believe what the Word says. Your reward will be great. I said your reward will be great. Amen? I just wanted to commend you, though. In the last month alone, we've literally touched the Bahamas big time. Big time. 
Taiwan, Thailand, sorry, and Kenya. All while you were sitting right here in Peckville. Not a bad gig. Come on. There'll be people from the Bahamas, from Thailand, from Kenya, in heaven because of you. Wrap your head around. There'll be people from Kenya, Thailand, and the Bahamas in heaven because of you. Don't ever let the devil or a lying spirit think it's about money or it's about something else or it's about a family. It's about, no, no, no. It's about changing our world together. It's about changing our world together. And can I just say this real quick before I close? 2020 is going to be ridiculous. Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you something. Oh, man, I've had some conversations with him. 2020 is going to be off the hook. It's going to be, can I say this? It's going to be a banner year. It's going to be a banner year, folks. This ministry is going to expand like you've never seen. It might even take some new territories. Who knows? We'll keep that under our hats. Don't tell the Sunday morning crowd. You guys are Wednesday night. You're committed, so I'm able to tell you. Amen? You're on, you're on the inside. You're in the know. So don't let them know, all right? 2020 is going to be over the top. But let's finish 2019 out with a bang, too. Amen? My grandfather, I can't wait to honor you. You don't even know what we have in store for you. Seven, he'll be in ministry 70 years full-time in June of 2020. 70 years. Good Lord, people don't even last two years in one place anymore. You know, and as, as I talked to Ted and other ones, about people like my grandfather and his friend Mick Shuttlesworth, Brother Barnjarno, Brother Shambach, men have gone on before us. Legacy, generations, the blessing and faithfulness of God. You know why we're here? Because they told the mighty works of God as they demonstrated God's power, because they had a commitment to changing our world together. Commitment to changing our world together, folks. May you and I be people that demonstrate the power of God, tell of God's mighty works to all the generations after us. Amen? And change our world together. I usually drive his car to Florida for him in uh, first of the year every year. Carolyn and I, it's something we like to do. I like to bless them, go down, settle them in their home in Florida, and just play. me and him play a little bit of golf. And uh, I usually beat him, but who's keeping score? Amen? And uh, I'm just kidding. But some of the greatest things he's told me, he hasn't even shared with folks. And I tell him, so you can share that stuff. Jerry Seville will be here Monday night. And we were listening to Jerry, me and Grandpa, back in January. And Jerry's talking about the faithfulness of God, faith, and how God's done things for him in the most obscure places with the most obscure people. He tells a story about this guy named Oob, and it was just, it was wild. I looked over at my grandfather, and he says, you know, I could, just all the years of God's faithfulness, God's goodness, I'm welling up on the inside. I said, tell me one. We're waiting to go play golf anyway. We've got to wait on these women. Amen? Tell me a story. He said, well, like we were in Maine one time. He pioneered all these churches across Maine and all this stuff. It's from Long Island. <laughs> he says, we're in Maine and believe in God for a building. 
He says, I told the lady we were going to buy the building. They didn't have no money. I mean, they were flat busted broke. Amen? When I say Pioneer Church, these guys used to go in the woods and cut trees down timber out and make churches. <laughs> he says, I, but I need 30 days. We'll close or whatever. He says, 30 days. They had some money. They didn't have the money. And he's, you know, he got his real Jewish side on. He kept talking her down. Amen? Started here and kept coming down, 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 down to pray. That's said that Jewish anointing. Amen? Praise God. And uh, just a joke, folks. Relax. And uh, he said, when it came down to it, lady said, what are you doing in that building? He said, well, we'll start a church here. And the lady gave him the building. People give him properties? He says, yeah, more than once. I says, you need to tell people this stuff. You know how much that built my faith? Folks, you understand the lineage of what we come from? Four generations. The blessing of God makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. God will make a way where there is no way. You know, whatever you're facing in your life, there's nothing too hard for Almighty God. There's nothing in your life that God can't do something about. Know this, God is in heaven. God loves you. His Spirit lives inside of you. God has great plans for you. The Bible says plans to prosper you and never to harm you. The Bible says he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to a day of completion. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The Bible says you're more than a conqueror. You understand when you start realizing who the Bible says you really are, you can operate in what God says you can really do, which is demonstrating the power of God. We're going to land it out in prayer here. I didn't take the even offering. The offering ushers can leave a bucket on the table in the back. If you want to give your even tithe and offering on the way out the door, God bless you. We appreciate it. But I want to pray this over you. That this week, when you wake up, each and every day, you'd have an amazement with God. I pray it's like a fresh revelation of His love again in your life. But you'd be amazed by God, the things of God, and you'd tell of the mighty works of God and then demonstrate the mighty works of God. Amen? Come on, amen. You know what the world needs? They need some Holy Ghost-filled believers to demonstrate the power of God to them. This world is fascinated with supernatural. You don't believe me? Turn on Netflix. Everything's demon this, right, and spirit that, and spooky this, and spooky that. I don't know like horror or nothing. We don't allow horror or anything in our house, amen? Because I'm a chicken, praise God. <laughs> hey, God's man of faith and power would be hiding underneath the recliner. Let's just call it for what it is. I'm not too proud to admit it. I like to laugh, amen? I put on stuff that makes me laugh. Clean stuff that makes me laugh. I don't like comedians that talk like sailors. However, sailors talk. <laughs> Folks, let's be people of God that demonstrate who God really is. Because when you demonstrate who God is by His Spirit, watch this. That's when you'll change our world together. That's when we'll change our world together. Spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, emotionally. Because of your faithfulness to this ministry and to God, we will change our world together. And watch this. Jesus said, on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Cannot. Failure is not an option, folks. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray you bless everybody in this place and bless them abundantly, Lord. I pray they have a fresh revelation of who you are. 
God, I pray your spirit would burn so strong in them, God. It would be like a brand new day for them, God. I pray when they wake up tomorrow, they feel the anointing of God more than they feel anything else. The minute that alarm clock goes off and they slap the snooze button, God, or whatever they do, by the time they get out of bed, they'll feel your spirit and your presence so strong on them, God, they'll know they're anointed to do something for that day. May they realize each and every day there's an anointing on their lives to do something great for you, Father. I pray, God, we take your spirit to the highways and the byways and cabal the people that your house may be full. Father, I pray we demonstrate signs, wonders, and miracles in the marketplace, Father, in a restaurant, wherever we may be. May we demonstrate the power of God to people that they may know that we serve the one true and living God, and he's alive and well on the inside of us. And may we always be amazed with who you are, your goodness towards us, your favor, God. May we realize everything we have comes from you. May we realize we're blessed and highly favored of God. Now, as they used to say in the word of God, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he always cause his face to shine upon you. In your rising up, you're lying down, you're coming in and you're going out each and every day you live to see the gift of another sunrise. May you know that you are blessed and highly favored by Almighty God. We love you. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of you listening and tag us on your social. Thanks again for joining us. We love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.